Thanks for tuning in to the Deliverance from Demons podcast. I'm your host, Dennis Andros, and today I'm going to be talking about some common modes of deliverance that, uh, and, and when I say modes of deliverance, I'm talking about avenues that people receive deliverance through. And um, there's a lot of different ways that evil spirits leave people's lives and a lot of reasons that evil spirits leave people's lives. And today I want to talk about some of those reasons. Um, ultimately, deliverance typically comes about through submission to God and resistance of the, the influences of the demonic spirits that are in our lives. Um, this, this looks like many things, and it doesn't easily fit into a pretty box. Um, now, sometimes God actually does sovereignly deliver people from evil spirits for various reasons when they're they haven't been submitting to him and resisting the demonic. Um, I, this happens sometimes when, like, you know, the Lord wants to open the eyes of someone to the demonic. Um, but typically, typically submission to God and resisting the enemy has to take place. Um, so the first mode of deliverance I want to talk about is deliverance that comes about at the moment of salvation. Um a lot of people receive a measure of deliverance upon salvation. It's to be expected as God fills people with the Holy Spirit and changes our hearts and minds. However, people who are born again are rarely, if ever, completely delivered from indwelling demonic spirits upon having a salvation experience. Um, the helmet of salvation is just one piece of our spiritual armor to fight Satan with, according to Ephesians chapter 6. Typically, God sort of deals with people over time. It's not impossible for him to completely free someone all at once, but it's very uncommon. Um, people are, some people are actually converted to Christ because they received a measure of deliverance or realized their need for deliverance. Um, this is why I converted, was I needed deliverance. I saw my need for it. And um, the moment I got saved, the Lord told me, you're going to have a battle. And... Uh, you're going to live forever and have a battle, is what he told me. And it was true. Um, I do believe I received a measure of deliverance right off the bat, but there was definitely still a lot of indwelling and um, evil spirits that were outside of me also. Um, just because we are united with Christ does not mean that every demon flies out of an individual um, I'll talk more about this in another podcast when we talk about what it means to be in Christ, uh, what it means to be to have authority over the demonic, what it means to be, you know, a born again believer and and whatnot. I'm going to make a whole podcast about that. But when you are converted, what what I'm going to say in this episode about this is that when you are converted to Christ, you are you become one in spirit with Him. Um, the Word of God says that no good thing dwells in our flesh, and uh, that's where the enemy can reside when you're a born-again Christian. They can reside in your flesh. They can be inside or outside of you. Um, they can't be in your spirit because that's where the Holy Spirit resides. You're one in spirit with the Lord when you become converted, and the demonic spirits cannot remain there. But, uh, yeah, so the second type of deliverance that I want to talk about is sovereign, spontaneous, God-ordained deliverance. 
I am personally of the conviction that many people are delivered from evil spirits at various times in their Christian walk through the working of God without even being aware of it. For instance, um, a drug addict may have a powerful encounter with Christ through a street evangelist and have no desire to touch drugs again. The Lord delivered this person from evil spirits of addiction or death or something without their knowledge even. Um, he probably likely also delivered them from physical things at the same time. Um, all that this person would realize is that they don't want to touch drugs again and that they're changed. Um, another example could be, for instance, somebody has a lot of abuse in their life. They're being tormented by fear and easily triggered by men who look like look like their abuser. Um, now, a lot of people, imagine this person, for instance, is like crying out to the Lord saying, God, I want to be delivered. I want to be healed. And uh, they attend an altar call at a church. And when they receive prayer, they fall down and begin to cry. And when they're done sobbing, they feel a lot lighter and they can, they leave the church that day and never again have triggering emotions. Um, they're spontaneously delivered from the evil spirits without uh, without their knowledge. I think a lot of people are actually delivered this way. Um, when you see people go up to an altar call at a church and receive prayer and they weep and cry or uh, whatnot and then walk away different, I believe they've received deliverance. I think people receive deliverance a lot of times like that. Um, sometimes people are spontaneously freed from evil spirits after sufficiently resisting demons on their own even if they aren't quite aware that they have an indwelling evil spirit. For instance, a man quits watching pornography, but has strong urges to, uh, to practice sexual sin, and he's having sexual dreams and has powerful desires to look at women in a lustful manner. Um, without realizing that he has indwelling demonic spirits, he resists their influences and prays that God would change his heart and remove the desires from him. One day he no longer has the lust, sexual dreams, or desires to look at women. Uh, the Lord has spontaneously delivered him without even knowing what happened. When things like this happen, um, it's ultimately for the glory of God. It's because God has mercy for people. He loves people. He wants them to be free. Um, yeah, he has a heart of love for people. And he sees the Lord sets people free for any reason that he sees fit. And at any time that he sees fit, um, another common avenue of deliverance would be during an evangelism encounter. Um, some evangelists will have encounters with the demonic while sharing the gospel, but a lot of them don't really realize that they're having encounters with the demonic. They might see people manifest and get angry or afraid or um, have other emotional reactions, and they just think that it's... Um, you know, the flesh or something. Um, but some, some evangelists do have the discernment to understand what's going on. And um, people, people with the discernment um, will find the opportunity. They'll find the opportunity to pray deliverance with people. Um, a lot of people on the street have depression, anxiety, fear, um, physical conditions, phys physical ailments, and other things that when evangelists will often pray for people who have issues like this, and people are often willing to receive prayer, and it's a good time to step out in faith and to attempt casting out evil spirits. 
um, that might be causing these things. Now, if you do, in an evangelistic encounter, end up casting demons out of a person, it's really important to ensure that they become born again, that they're repentant, that they're filled with the Holy Spirit and water baptized, um, that they're connected to a church and discipled and instructed as a new believer. Um, The Lord said in the Gospels, he said that um, when a demon leaves a person, they will attempt to return. And if they find the house not filled with the presence of God, if if it's swept and put in order, um, which means that you know, the person's just continuing to live their life in a way that makes them a a suitable house for an evil spirit, that the evil spirit will just move right back in. And sometimes they'll bring their friends and and the person's state will be worse than before they received any deliverance. Um, The next mode of deliverance that I want to talk about is anointed music. And um, people say, well, that's not biblical. Well, yes, it is. Um, in 1 Samuel, David would play the harp when Saul would have a demon come upon him. So this is 1 Samuel 16.23 in the King James Bible. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took an harp and played with his hands. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Uh, We also see that worshipers were sent forth into battle before the armies of Israel. This is 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21 and 22 in the King James Bible. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Um, We also see that the sound of a ram's horn or a kudu horn trumpet or a shofar trumpet can also be anointed. When the Israelites sounded the trumpets and shouted, the walls of city Jericho fell down. Um, uh, In Isaiah 61.3, we see that the garment of praise is a remedy for the heavy spirit. Um, yeah, it says that uh, the Lord will give them a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Um, many people have powerful encounters with the Lord through worship. And um, whenever where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So we can expect that some people will receive a measure of freedom through deliverance. Um, The next type of deliverance I want to talk about is called forensic deliverance. And the term forensic deliverance is, in my opinion, it's an incredible way to describe the type of deliverance that comes about through sitting with believers and praying through specific issues, repenting for sins, breaking curses, and trying to find the roots of demonization. The term forensic deliverance was coined, as far as I'm aware, by Pastor David Miller of Church Sidcanoe in New Hampshire. Um, If you're in New England, I'd highly encourage you to check out his church. And you can also find his sermons on YouTube at Expeditionary Revival. That's the the channel name, Expeditionary Revival. Um, 
Most deliverance ministers who spend time praying with individuals who are seeking freedom are ministering in a forensic type of deliverance. Hours are often spent talking to people about where their issues begin, confessing sin, doing biblical counseling, repenting, resisting the enemy, breaking down mental strongholds, praying for healing of trauma, confessing generational issues, confronting demons, and casting them out. Um, there's a lot more that goes into forensic deliverance, but um, that's basically an outline of what that is. Um, there's also creative deliverance miracles. In the New Testament, we see that handkerchiefs brought freedom to people from demons. Um, this is in Acts chapter 19, verse 11 through 22. It says, um, this is a King James Bible too. The reason I read the King James Bible is so that uh, I don't have to submit like... Um, the, the King James Bible is public domain. The other Bibles are not at this point in time, so... Maybe in another hundred years, if I'm still alive, I can read the other Bibles without having to get written permission from them to do so. But anyways, Acts, 20, Acts 19, 11 through 12. And God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. We also see in Acts chapter 5 that Peter's shadow was healing people as he walked by the sick people who were brought into the street. And uh, God is still in the business of doing creative miracles of healing and deliverance today. Um, I've prayed over bottles and glasses of water and given them to people who are receiving deliverance prayer with success. Um, I've seen that utterly torment demons and weaken them. Um, at one point in time, I prayed for a man who had come out of the occult, and in the past, he would walk around town with a staff that had bones hanging from it. He'd rattle the bones while burning incense, and he had carved symbols into the staff and would use the staff to cast spells and to curse people and regions and do other wicked things. And so I was thinking about it. I'm like, I wonder if I can have an anointed staff as a Christian. And some scriptures came to mind that Moses and Aaron had staffs that ate up serpents, split seas, were held up over battles, um, etc. So I, I got a staff and prayed over it. And I've handed this staff to people and watched it cause them to manifest and be delivered from demons. I've also held it over a uh, demonized person in faith and watched her begin to cough out and expel demons. Um, one time I took it to a church service and I handed it to someone and they grabbed a hold of this thing and they toppled over and manifested a demon and they were like laying on the ground um, manifesting a demon and I got down and started casting it out and one of the ushers like came over and he's like, is he okay? Is, is he having a seizure? I'm like, nah, it's just a demon and I, I went back to it. Um, I actually pray over objects all the time in faith that the Lord would anoint them with the power to bring deliverance and destroy satanic power. For instance, the headlights and taillights of the cars that I drive have been anointed in faith to scatter demons and break evil power when the lights shine upon them. Um, the wireless router in my house and my cell phone and everything that uh, emits a frequency, I've asked the Lord to anoint the frequency uh, to anoint anoint the signal that comes from them to scramble the brains of the enemy that tries to come near my property. Um, 
When I first got saved, I would use my Bible as a sword and try to slice the demons out of my body. I'd literally stand in the mirror and try to push them up and out of my body and they'd manifest and rise up to the surface as I did it. Um, I would like pray over the shower head in my shower and just ask the Lord to use the water to wash the enemy out of my mind. Um, I would pray over my clothes that they would torment the spirits that were in my flesh at the time. Um, you can also pray over anointing oil and incense in faith that, so that the Lord would bless it. Um, your faith can move mountains. God's in the business of destroying satanic things, routing demons out of our lives, and advancing his kingdom through unique, unique ways. And there are many ways that we can pray in faith to see the enemy defeated in our lives and to resist the enemy and to expose the enemy and to advance the kingdom of God. Um, another type or mode of deliverance is self-deliverance. Self-deliverance is the process of submitting to God, resisting demons, and being delivered through your own prayers and efforts. Self-deliverance is the type of deliverance that many people walk in. There are many people who receive deliverance in this manner, even as simply as rebuking a negative thought by saying something like, Get behind me, Satan. Self-deliverance can be quick and easy thing, or it can be a struggle. Um, it depends on many factors. It depends on how much sin you've had in your life, how, how given over to the enemy you were when you started receiving deliverance, um, the strength of the demons, how much of your mind has been given over to the power of demons, how many lies you believe, etc. Sometimes extended prayer and fasting may be necessary to dislodge some demonic holds. Um, Self-denial and turning from sin is a must, and repentance is the foundation well, obviously Christ is the foundation, but repentance is a very important thing in self-deliverance. Uh, you will not get delivered from demons without repentance. People who walk in self-deliverance in their personal life are much easier to cast demons out of in prayer sessions compared to people who do not resist the enemy. It's because of the biblical principle that we see when we resist the enemy, he will flee. That's what James 4, 7 and 1 Peter 5 say is that... Um, that when we resist the enemy, he will flee. And so when people resist the enemy in their daily life, then when they come to receive deliverance prayer, uh, forensic deliverance style, um, it's significantly easier to cast out the enemy. Um, when we take up the armor and weapons of warfare listed in Ephesians 6 through our actions, beliefs, prayers, etc., our enemy will already be weakened, beat down, tormented, and much easier to deal with. Self-deliverance looks like many, many things, but ultimately it comes down to submitting to God and resisting the enemy. Um, we need to submit every area of our life to God. Our thoughts, our words, our actions, our relationships, every domain that we step into. He wants literally everything to be under his authority. He wants to establish his kingdom in, around, and through you. And we need to actively and swiftly resist the enemy when we see their workings in our thoughts, our lives, our domains, our relationships, etc. Um, another mode of deliverance is deliverance through intercession. Deliverance from demons can be brought to people around you through intercessory prayer. Jesus can set people free at a distance and even did so at the request of others in Scripture. Uh, in Mark 7, 25 through 30, King James Bible, we see... Uh, for a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. 
The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way, the devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon her bed. There's a lot we can say about this passage, um, such as that deliverance from evil spirits is primarily for the children of God, or that this woman, who wasn't even a member of God's people, was able to get Jesus to deliver her daughter through her faith. But what's important to show here um, is that Jesus answers heartfelt prayers for the best of others. If we cry out to him to free others and war for others, Um, in faith, he will. He'll do it at a distance. God is good. He's good all the time. So um, don't give up on your loved ones. Pray, pray, pray for them. And uh, pick up your sword and fight. Don't let the enemy crush you. Don't let the enemy beat you down. Make every effort to stand firm in the faith, to deny yourself, to submit to God, to humble yourself, to forgive others, to take your thoughts captive, and to fight. And if you don't know where to fight, I just, I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to ask the Lord to reveal to you every area of evil influence in your life. So Father, in Jesus' name, I ask that you would reveal to everyone listening all the areas of their life that the enemy is operating, whether it's in their thoughts, uh, their body, their um, surroundings, their marriage, their ministry, their finances, their interpersonal relationships. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would powerfully expose the enemy. And God, I pray that that you would would help people to walk in deliverance in Jesus' name. Um, I just came to mind, there's also baptismal deliverance. The early church actually um, practiced baptismal deliverance for the first, I, I believe the first couple hundred years of the church, like they, when they would baptize people, they would cast demons out. And, um, I've, I've baptized people and had demons come out of them afterwards. And I know, um, there is another individual who played, he played one of my prayers for a church meeting that he had. And there was a young girl, uh, like 12 years old or so who went home afterwards and her parents, Um, saw her behaving strangely. She was having fits of rage. She was going into trances and holding her breath for minutes on end and and talking nonsense, gibberish, sounded like other languages to them. They couldn't understand what she was saying. And um, they called up the minister that I know and he, he went to pray for her a couple times and they even fasted and prayed for her and the demon would not come out no matter what they did. And he called me. He's like, hey, what do you think? And I one of the questions I asked was, is she baptized? And he said, no, but her parents are. And so I said, go and baptize her and see what happens. And they took her to the water. And this is like a 12 or 13 year old girl or something. And it took two grown men to forcefully baptize her because the demon manifested and tried to not get baptized. And when they forced her under the water, she came up and was delivered from the demon. It was gone. And her, she's restored to sound, soundness of mind. And uh, yeah, the demon left and their family is faithfully <laughs> walking with the Lord now. So um, that's another mode of deliverance. 
I'm sure there's more that I missed, but um, yeah, just trust the Lord for deliverance from everything in your life. And uh, don't be afraid to step out in faith and help people receive the deliverance that God paid for already. And um, yeah, you can email me at dev, uh, I'm sorry, deliverance from demons podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, would like to hear me talk about anything in future podcasts or are looking for help or suggestions, reach out and we're going to do more theological episodes in the future. We're going to do, I'm going to continue talking about experiences that I've had. And, uh, I might even make episodes where it's just me praying for the audience. So, um, yeah, just keep listening, share this with anyone you think needs it. And please pray for me and my ministry and my family that God would destroy every work of darkness, that he would establish his kingdom and that he would move in power. In Jesus' name, God bless you all. May the Lord Jesus Christ guide you into all truth and deliver you from all evil. Amen.